Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We made it to Friday. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in, whether you are working from home, you're in your car, still in bed, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for listening and ending your week with me. My name is Lauren Campbell. I work for Nesson and cover Boston sports for them and have for the last three plus years. I have been in this crazy world of sports for a little over six years now. Grew up in Massachusetts, born and raised outside of Boston, so grew up a Red Sox fan, a Bruins fan, so it's a lot of fun to be able to bring you a fan analysis as well as a reporter analysis to this podcast. I am flying solo. I am without Jason Mastrodonato of the Boston Herald, but do not worry. We will be back next week to recap the entire Red Sox series, another Chris Sale start, and whatever else happens throughout the weekend. You know, a lot can happen in three days, so who knows what we will be talking about come Monday, but it is Friday, and I have a very special episode for you. I will tell you all about it, but first, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and be able to connect with a lot of fans, reporters, analysis. It's a lot of fun. I will be joining the Green Room hype very soon, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. So with the Red Sox series beginning Friday with the Rangers, there was a great idea proposed. Hey, let's do a crossover episode, and heck yeah, let's let's do it. So that's exactly what we did. I joined Bryce Patrick over at Locked On Rangers to give you a little preview of the series. Obviously, the Rangers are not doing so hot this season. We do not need to tell you that, but Bryce and I have a really fun conversation. We got a little nostalgic and set our expectations for not only the series, but for the rest of the season, especially for the Rangers. So we will get into that in the second segment of today's show. And of course, in segment three, I will have an unpopular opinion and a positive takeaway because that's what we do around here. So with the off day Thursday, there wasn't a whole lot of news going around, which no news is good news. However, Kyle Schwarber did talk to the Boston Globe's Peter Abraham, and he said that he's ready to play first base, and he's ready to contribute where this team needs him to. He is expected to play the outfield at some point this weekend, and listen, I know that they brought him in to help at first base. He's been productive when he is in the lineup. He has worked counts. He's been able to rope a couple doubles. But what truly scares me about him playing first base is that he is coming off a hamstring injury. And these injuries are tough. Hamstring injuries are no joke. They can be aggravating for the rest of the year. And they can be tricky. And not only that, he faced a setback in his hamstring rehab on his other leg with his groin. So you have a hamstring injury in one, groin in the other, and you want to play first base and my mind immediately goes to Christian Arroyo and his debut at first base when he did the split, went on the IL. He did have a rehab start in Worcester on Thursday, so that's good news. He's obviously getting closer to returning. But as Jason and I said in Thursday's episode, this goes back to the trade deadline of the Red Sox not picking up a first baseman. But we don't need to touch on that again. The good news at the end of the day is that Schwarber wants to help this Red Sox team, and the Red Sox need all the help they can get right now. There also was an interesting radio appearance by Red Sox GM Brian O'Halloran on WEEI's The Greg Hill Show. And of course, he faced questions about this, the recent collapse and the Red Sox struggles right now and naturally the trade deadline. And he said that the blame will be on the front office. He wants fans to place the blame on the front office should the Red Sox miss the playoffs. This is what he said. First of all, hope that doesn't happen. But in the end, it's on us. It's on the front office. It's on the baseball operations. Whatever happens on the field, the results, good or bad, we've been given the opportunity to do this job and got nothing but support from ownership. We have no excuses. 
So it's certainly reassuring, I guess, to hear a general manager take accountability for what happened or what didn't happen at the trade deadline. You know, Jason and I have discussed so many times over that the relief help wasn't what they really needed in the pitchers they got. They needed the relief help, but they needed reliable relievers. They did not get that. They needed a first baseman. They did not get that. They went out and got an outfielder who they did not need. A good acquisition, yes, and needed one, no. So Halloran coming out and saying that, listen, if we miss the playoffs, you need to blame us. And again, accountability is great. However, I don't want to think about a Red Sox team that was dominating the AL East and dominating the Yankees in particular a month ago. I don't want to think about that team missing the playoffs because it's very reminiscent of other years when they've had leads and they've blown them and they they missed the playoffs. So, you know, we're no fortune tellers here, but and there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. But at the end of the day, I love the accountability from Brian O'Halloran here. It's just... That's not something I want to think about in August when there's still 36 plus games left to be played. But enough of that. I know you're probably anxious to get to this segment with Bryce. But first, before we get there, I want to tell you about Built Bar. I love Built Bar. There's so many different flavors. It's a great snack when you're on the go or while you're driving to the gym. That's my personal go-to is grab my cookies and cream, get in the car and drive right to the gym. But not only do they have cookies and cream, They have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. They have coconut, raspberry. Jason mentioned he's on a raspberry kick right now. Mint brownie, orange, German chocolate. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, first of all, you're missing out. But you can also get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. So that's a pretty good deal. And not only are these Built Bars the best tasting, but they're also really healthy. Their macros are crazy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, tasty, healthy, amazing flavors. What more could you want? And also it's the official protein bar of the US track and field team. So that's pretty cool. And we have a very special offer for you. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back. So we are just going to jump right in to our crossover segment with Locked On Rangers. Enjoy. Friday edition of Locked On Rangers. I am here with a special guest, first time on the show, Lauren Campbell of Locked On Red Sox. Happy to have you on the show. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm happy to be here. I'm doing all right. It'd be better if my team was winning, but that's why we have this series, right? That's exactly why you have this series. The Rangers are coming off being swept by the Mariners. Um, Their Thursday game... I don't know if you saw any of it. It was very weird and eventful. They were down five runs going in the bottom of the ninth. They scored five runs. Uh, then in the top of the 11th inning, the Mariners got a pair. And uh, Adoles Garcia, Rob, would have been, I believe, either a two or three run home run by reaching his hand entirely across the bullpen and snatching it. But the Rangers still lost, still get better draft position. So, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. <laughs> That's a rough way to lose. That's uh, I didn't get to see any of the game, but I have seen – the plenty of Twitter reactions of Mariners and Rangers fans alike. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a weird place to be. I mean, last year, the Rangers had the second worst record in baseball. And, you know, that was the first year, like the full tank. And I, I, I appreciate them very much. If there's going to be a year to suck, doing it when there's 60 games opposed to 162, like that is a really courteous thing to do of starting that rebuild then. I really appreciated that. But... 162 games of bad baseball is is much less fun. Yeah, it certainly sounds it. Uh, I mean, Red Sox had you know 60 games of non nonstop no fun last year. I couldn't imagine 162. Yeah, it's it's not great, and there might be 162 more next year. Actually, there probably will. 
But, you know, we got three games coming up that should be a lot of fun. Chris Sale is back. Um, yeah, that is, that is you know, fun and also terrifying when you say your, your bad team is going to go up against Chris Sale and he's back. I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, we know how this weekend series is going to go. But you were saying the Red Sox haven't been doing super well right now. They are, uh, I believe, what, third in their division, which is a ridiculously tough division. Like, everybody's just so stinking good in there. What's been what's been going on with the Red Sox as of late? Oh, man. I mean, I think it really, Jason and I touched on this, how it just kind of goes back to the trade deadline and how the teams around them, not just in the AL East, but in the AL as a whole, got better. And the Red Sox just kind of didn't. Um, Kyle Schwarber, yes, was a good acquisition in a sense that he adds a lot of power to a lineup, but there's no need for him. Like, there's there's no... He's not needed. And... He played, he's the outfielder. We didn't need an outfielder. The Red Sox were fine in the outfield. Now they want to try him at first base, even though he has a hamstring issue in one leg and then a groin issue in the other leg. We all saw what happened with Christian Arroyo and his first time at first base. So it's just, it's kind of messy. And I feel like when the offense is on, the pitching can't get on the same page. But on Wednesday night, the pitching was on after Nick Pavetta's dreadful outing. And the offense couldn't get anything going. I mean, they had an opportunity in the ninth. They had men on base, um, I think just on first. But still, you have a man on. You need to figure out how to move them. And nothing was just – nothing seemed to work in this series against the Yankees. And this is really, like I said, just going back to the trade deadline. The Yankees really did a lot of good at the trade deadline. And the Red Sox simply did not. Yeah, I was curious if they didn't do more. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. They really did not need – um, they did not need another outfielder. Um, as, as good as Kyle Schwarber is, and as fun to watch as he is, I mean, you already have a full-time DH that's one of the better ones in baseball, and J.D. Martinez is having a great season. Um, Verdugo is solid. I mean, he's solid. Hunter Renfro is solid. Kike Hernandez in center field, fine. Like, not that Kyle Schwarber's going to be playing center field much, but I'm surprised they didn't go for a starting pitcher. I mean, their rotation is pretty solid, and, you know, I love me some Martin Perez. Always have a soft spot in my soft spot in my heart for Martin Perez, but like this is a lot of like pretty solid pitchers, and you know adding Chris Sale was obviously a huge acquisition, but like I felt like they needed like one more really solid starter, and were they really in talks to get one? I was really on like team relief pitcher because this bullpen was completely taxed already, and Red Sox fans have seen this so many times in the past where their bullpen gets taxed well before the season is over or well before even the end of the season. And at the end of the day, they got two relievers who are um, not that great, to, to put it politely. And they haven't done a whole lot since coming to the Red Sox. But I was okay with them not getting a starter. I think getting Chris Sale back paved the way for people like Martin Perez and Garrett Richards to go into the bullpen, which I know you just said you love Perez, but I've been calling for him to go into the bullpen for like, I don't know, weeks now, weeks, <laughs> like begging him to go into the bullpen. And same with Richards, too. I mean, Richards was really solid out of the bullpen. He's been solid his last two outings out of the bullpen. So I was fine with the starting five of Sale, Evaldi, Erod, Pavetta, Sale, Evaldi, Pavetta. Who am I missing? Sale, Evaldi, Erod. I don't know. Either either Richards or Perez. <laughs> one of those, you got to have one of those two. So I think that... With the with the return of Sale, I was more focused on a relief pitcher or a first baseman because it's become it became increasingly obvious that Bobby Delbeck was not 
the answer or that he needs more development. He needs more help. And so I was really shocked that neither a solid relief pitcher nor a first baseman was acquired. Um, like I said, Kyle Schwarber is a good acquisition any day of the week. Just I don't know where he belongs in this lineup. It's very uh, it's very interesting. It's been an interesting almost month now since the trade deadline. So it's and not a good interesting either. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been a bad interesting over here too. Um, there there's some other familiar names for Rangers fans that at least were on this team. Um, Danny Santana right now is on the 10 day IL. I was really curious of like what would happen to him. Cause he had, was it 2020 or 20? I honestly, the years of being bad at baseball have just all like <laughs> merged together. I think it was 2019 where he had like a just really, really solid year, like out of nowhere career year, which was basically just a really great, like three month stretch and then a pretty terrible two month stretch. And then he was hurt and not nearly consistent enough last year. Um, did you expect much out of Santana other than like a just kind of play everywhere bench role? Or did you expect him to like start somewhere? No, I wasn't expecting a whole lot from him. I think that his role was pretty carved out where he would just kind of his versatility would be able to put him. Cora would be able to put him where he really needed to. And I mean, it hasn't worked out a whole lot. I think that, you know, he has shown flashes where he can succeed and where he has been strong. But I certainly, like, when the Red Sox announced that he would be coming to Boston, I certainly was not like, oh, hell yeah, like, Lord and Savior, Danny <laughs> so, so I think that, you know, it was just a, like a depth, more like a depth signing for Santana, and that was just like, well, he is what he is, and if he does well, he does well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. It's like a low-risk, high-reward kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, there's two different guys on this roster. Uh, Marvin Gonzalez, it looked like he hasn't had such a great year, even though he's played 77 games. He was another guy who I thought, like, all right, well, I mean, you know, if you need somebody, like, it seems like first base, is there's some some need there. Um, but he's not having the greatest offensive season either this year. No, so he was actually released by the Red Sox um, at the beginning of the week, so... Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he was just an offensive liability. And it was, I think he was hitting 174 um, in his last seven games or something very, very dreadful like that. And as as good as his defense was at times, you can't put that bat in the lineup during a season where the Yankees were hot on your heels at that point. You're trying to keep the lead at the time in the AL East over the Rays. You can't be sending somebody who had two home runs and 77 plate appearances up to the plate every single time. Like, it just, again, he became a liability. And it's unfortunate because, you know, I know that Alex Cora and Marvin Gonzalez had gone. They have been friends for a couple of years, so it's obviously it's never fun to have that conversation with a friend and that Alex Cora is just a very nice human being. But at the end of the day, baseball is a business, and if you can't live up to what this team needs, then see you later. Yeah, it's a it's a tough place to be when you're on a competitive team, especially in such a big market with such a, a rabid fan base in Boston. Like if you're not performing in Boston, you're you're going to be out on your butt. But oh, speaking yeah. of Alex Cora, you know, um, I'm kind of interested because everyone everyone's focus has been in the big cheating scandal has been obviously and rightfully so on the Astros because they are dirty cheaters and everyone should hate them forever. Um, but I'm curious if there's been any, you know blowback on on the Red Sox because you know I haven't really seen much about it about fans like you know giving them crap and and all that stuff it is outside of like Yankees fans but I mean they're going to do that anyway has there been much blowback from bringing back Cora 
No, I think at the end of the day, as soon as it was announced that Core and the Red Sox had parted ways, it was immediate, like, well, he can come back, right? And I think it goes to show that he's a he's an incredible players coach and he goes like he can communicate with players on so many different levels. And you know, he's not too far removed from the game. He's not, you know, Tony La Russa out there who's like seventy something <laughs> old. And Cora is younger, on the younger side of a manager. And he can also I think this kind of doesn't really not that it would get highlighted, but like that kind of goes unnoticed is that he can really communicate with his players because uh, he because he speaks Spanish. So mm-hmm. Rep Devers, who has been learning English for the past three or four years, maybe he's not comfortable, you know, talking in English. He can speak to Alex Cora in the in their native language. He can communicate with JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, and just players throughout the roster that, you know, Ron Renicky could not do that. You know, he can't communicate. He can, you know, he can go through the interpreter, he can talk through to Rafael Devers through JD Martinez or something, but it's not the same. You can't connect on that kind of personal level. But for blowback, you know, I think that it was in it certainly was nothing like the Astros. And I think it stems from you know, the Astros scandal was completely, it's, well, from all the reports, you know, it's very, like, player, player-driven, player and it really seemed like Alex Cora was thrown under the bus for, for no real reason, like, it, he seemed like he was thrown under the bus as the mastermind, and it just didn't, like, it wasn't, it, that wasn't the case at all, so, of course, you know, there's always going to be, like, oh, Cora's cheating again, that's why they're winning, or Cora's not cheating, that's why they're losing, and that just comes with the scandals that have happened, And, you know, at the same time, though, it's been like four years now or, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not very good at math. I'm a journalist for a living. So, (laughs) you know, it's at the same time, it's like get in, get a new shtick. And, you know, this isn't the Astros. This isn't the, you know, Alex Cora was not the mastermind behind everything. And everyone had their own role in that. Right. So, like, why aren't you still mad at Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, whoever else you want or anybody else. So, oh, oh, I am. I am still mad at them. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think like probably like 80 to 90% of people were happy to welcome Alex Cora back, whereas just 10%, probably just those baseball purists, you know, that are probably like 85 years old that are like, no, nah, he's ruining the game. He shouldn't be back. But I, I love Alex Cora. I've loved covering him and I've loved, you know, I love watching him as a player and he was just a really, he's a really fun person. He always tries to see the good in things. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but he's here. He's going to be here for a while. So people are just going to have to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. It, this was, I feel like the Astros honestly didn't get enough like grief for it. Cause this is honestly one of the worst cheating like scandals in sports. I think it's worse than like betting on games because as for every player that bet on games, they always bet on themselves. And I'm like, I feel like that should be legal because like they're putting their entire career on it. If right. they're throwing games like the Black Sox or whatever, like that's pretty that might be worse. Um, but still, you know, it's just it's just being associated with it. I understand why he might get like a black mark, but um, I really do think that he had like very little involvement with it. I think there's a lot of, you know, front office driven stuff and uh, gosh, AJ Hinch driven stuff. And, you know, I think the players got off way too scot-free in my opinion getting yeah. literally no blame whatsoever but you know i can't get my way it's fine <laughs> <laughs> to be fair if i did have my way um the entire astros franchise would be you know kaput and all of their best players would be put on the ra- the, the the nearest geographic team to them which you know just happens to be the rangers so like okay. i don't know maybe it that would happen to benefit me but you know i can't they didn't put me in charge of it because I'm not the commissioner of baseball just yet. You know, yeah. give me like 20, 30 years. 
All right. I'm, I'm counting down starting today. So in 24 years from now, I better see you as commissioner <laughs> of MLB. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to get, get to work on it. Stop sloughing <laughs> off if I want to make this happen. Um, but I'm curious, you know, the Rangers are obviously a, a very bad team. I'm curious what your thoughts are um, on what you've seen from the Rangers or just like things you've heard around this team or what questions you might have about this team coming into this series. Yeah, so I haven't, you know, haven't heard a whole lot about the team this year other than that they're bad. And it's, you know, <laughs> I just remember like growing up and when I was really starting to get into baseball and starting to learn more about the teams throughout the league, I really liked the Rangers because I really liked Josh Hamilton before everything happened with yeah. you know, children and everything and all of that. So I really liked, I always went to Fenway when the Rangers were in Boston and everything. So it's like, I really like, I really took to the Rangers for whatever reason. And just to see them so bad lately is like very sad for me as somebody who's just, you know, certainly no Rangers fan by any means, but just somebody who likes, who likes baseball. Um, I think the Rangers, I mean, they were a good team at one point. I picked them so many times, so many years as my way too early to win the world series. And maybe I was cursed. I don't know, but I mean, there. I mean, there. There's no chance they're making the playoffs this year. But what for you? What can they do to at least put them, make themselves competitive, if not next year, then in 2023? You know, it's it's kind of interesting because this is like we were talking before we we hit record. Like last year was the first year that they uh, um, were actually bad and like embraced the tank, um, so to speak because they were good for so long. They were competitive from 2010 to 2017. Like over that time, I think only the Rays had a better record um, in all of baseball from that like eight year span. But they were a little hesitant to to tear down early because, you know, they had the end of Adrian Belcher's career and they weren't really competitive for the last couple of years. But um, now they're kind of like finally embracing the full tank, the trading Joey Gallo. That was the the real knife of like, all right, we're really, really embracing it um, instead of trying to build around him. But, you know, there's there's a lot of players on this team, a lot of surprises. Um, Kyle Gibson, being as good as he was, was a huge boost for them. Um, Adoles Garcia kind of came out of absolutely nowhere. And, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of guys who I think are going to be, that are starters right now, they're going to be long-term starters, are going to be starters when the Rangers are competing again, which I think will be about at the earliest 2024, maybe if they make some big spending acquisitions, which they're rumored to be in on Carlos Correa um, and have been for a while, that would be interesting. I don't think it would necessarily fit the timeline um, if they went and spent big on him this offseason. But even if they did, they still have a long ways to go. Uh, Nick Solak was supposed to be the you know, long-term option. He played 92 games and just did not come anywhere close to living up to his potential. He's in AAA right now trying to figure it out. Um, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa, who is, in my in my opinion, the best defensive player in baseball right now, but the offense is just nowhere close to where it needs to be to being a starting player on a playoff caliber team. Um, which is not to take anything away from him. He's really good, but like he just needs... He doesn't walk and he doesn't hit for power. If you don't do either of those things, you don't hit like 300, then you're, you're going to have a really hard time being a good offensive player. Um but there's been some bright spots too. You know, Joey Gallo had an incredible season. Um, obviously, very still very depressed of him leaving because he is my favorite, always will be favorite baseball player ever. Um, but you know, the Adoles Garcia coming out of nowhere, 
Nathaniel Lowe has not quite been what I wanted him to be, but he's performed better than Nick Solak, so he still gets to be at the major league team. And um, and yeah, Dane Dunning has has been exactly what I wanted him to be. Um, they've kind of limited his innings so far this year. He is still 26, but they're trying to like take it easy on him. I think he might get to like 120 this year. Um, but he's been solid above average starting pitcher, which for a rookie has been really, really nice to see. Other than that, it, it it's pretty rough to look at. So how patient are Rangers fans willing to be? Because I know with 2019 and 2020 with the Red Sox, fans are ready to like throw themselves off the Tobin Bridge because it was just, God forbid, a Boston team does not succeed. It's, you know, it's very different when, when that happens because obviously in Boston, it's, we, we are very much known for the championship constantly winning and playoff runs and all that. So when it doesn't happen for two straight years with a team that's supposed to be good, well, say for 2020, but it's, it's very frustrating. So I guess like you said, 2024, are fans willing to wait around that long or is it going to be like, is this going to be a very like dreadful process for Rangers fans who like me are very, like I'm an impatient person. So I'd be like, Nope, I don't want to do this. No way. Uh, I, I think they can suffer through it because, I mean, like, there there are a lot of really passionate Rangers fans out there. Like, there are a multitude of them. Um, and there's also a lot of casual fans out there. I mean, I don't know if it's like this in, in Boston, but, like, I'm sure that, you know, football comes first. Like, it is Cowboys, 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 and then, oh, let's see what the Rangers are doing. Even in, like, the offseason. Like, sometimes, uh, actually even a lot of times, when the Rangers are even mediocre, like, some Cowboys random offseason stuff will get more coverage and more attention than that. So I think like they can survive being bad for a few years because they were good for so long. And like, they have loyal fans that are like, they're pretty, it's a pretty smart fan base. They know like, all right, like rushing to go and be mediocre. So you can like stay mediocre for another five years and then have to rebuild all over again because you tried to pull out of it too quick. Um, that's not worth it. And so they've only really been bad, bad for the last, for last year and this year. And probably next year is going to be another top five-ish pick. But I think after that, they'll start to pull out of it. And, you know, I think Rangers fans can hold off until then of, like, starting to, like, all right. Because they're starting to see, I mean, Jack Leiter is a very exciting number two overall pick. I would have liked the guy that y'all got in Marcelo Meyer or the local Dallas kid who ended up in Arizona in Jordan Lawler. But I just don't trust pitching prospects, so... But if I get one, then he's the one I wanted. And there's other guys that are really starting to, you know, make some noise. There's a third baseman, Josh Young, who grew up in San Antonio, went to Texas Tech, my alum, uh, my college, so wreck him. Um, and he'll probably be up next year. So we'll start to see, like, the building blocks. of like, all right, this guy's going to be pretty good for a while. This guy's going to be pretty good for a while. But, like, it's just rough when, like, all of your flashy big-name players, like, there's, there's not really one of those guys to go to the ballpark for. Yeah, I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. I think, you know, when you, there's no big names, like you said, they're not attracting fans to the ballpark, even during, I mean, if fans were allowed to go to Fenway during 2020 with COVID and everything, they still were able to see players like J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers, even without mm-hmm. well, Mookie Betts and David Price. There still are names that attract the fans. So I certainly understand that. And with this upcoming series, I guess, I have high expectations just because I need the Red Sox to win so bad, and but you need the Rangers to win so bad. Like, what are you expecting? Are you expecting another sweep? Or do you think the Rangers are going to win this series? Like, what is your overall thoughts? 
Well, they've really surprised me with these random series. Like, I, they just pull out results out of nowhere. Um, I mean, like the dropping five innings in the bo- five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning this this week, and then I think last weekend they won a series at home against the A's, which they never went against the A's. So, like, why would they win now? It makes absolutely no sense. So, I don't I don't think I see a series win here. I would like my expectations are I would like Dane Dunning to have a nice day. Um, I would like for him to perform well. Um, then you've got Jordan Lyles on Saturday, who um, is he and Mike Foltynewicz are literally the perfect uh, rebuilding starters because they're they're bad enough that they're going to give up a bunch of runs, but they're also good enough that they'll go five to seven innings and you won't have to just completely tax your bullpen. So um, and Kobe Allard is a real wild card. He's been on a hot streak. He's going to start on Sunday. Um, he's got three straight quality starts. Um, so him versus Eovaldi. Should be, I think, the most competitive game of this series. Dane Dunning um, should put up a pretty solid start. Um, but, man, Chris Sale is just going to absolutely murder these bats. I am, like, sure of it. And it's, you know, he's coming off, obviously, as you know, Tommy John surgery in his first outing. He mm-hmm. had, he only went five innings, but he still was vintage, vintage Sale when he struck out eight batters. And, again, I know it was the Orioles, but it's like he has to start somewhere, right? So him going up against another... <laughs> Bad team, not as bad as the Orioles, but another bad team. I, yeah, no, I, I don't know. The Orioles have a Cedric Mullins. Like the the Rangers do not have a player that good. So, so they also have uh, is it Trey Mancini first base. They they have two players that are significantly better than anybody on on this this offense right now. I mean, Adolis has had some good moments, but it's it's been kind of rough. He's looking a little bit on the upswing, but still, like there's not really any big bat that anybody's really scared of, and. Uh, that, that makes life difficult for an offense. Yeah, and Chris Sale obviously is a bulldog. I mean, he is—he's an animal. There's no one really like him when he, especially somebody who's so passionate about the game and is so involved in it, day in and day out. Um, hopefully, Sunday's game gets played. We've been seeing a lot of rain in the forecast. Um, it rained a lot today, Thursday, and now it, there's another like tropical storm en route. Putting Sunday's team in danger, which might spell good news for the Rangers, but um, yeah, now we gotta like- get those L's in quickly. We got we gotta <laughs> get them coming. Like I mean, the Diamondbacks are winning games right now. I need you know Baltimore to you know hopefully they can help you out and like beat some of those uh, Yankees or Blue Jays or the other division rivals that y'all are going up against, so they can make their draft position better. But the, the Diamondbacks just swept. Um, I forgot who the heck did they swept. Um, oh, the Phillies. Yeah. And so I'm like the Rangers. I I thought that number one pick was out of reach, but you know, by by golly, they can go get it. So I I'm hoping to get these L's in real quick. Um, you know, I would suggest for for avoiding rainouts, just just building this stadium, put a put a tarp over a roof on it. You know, that's what we did. I'm sure that the uh, Globe Life Field is is just as historic as as whatever your ballpark is, whatever they call it. You know, I've I haven't heard much about it. <laughs> no, nothing at all. Not not the most historic ballpark or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it is the oldest one that I have not yet been to. I've been to Wrigley. Um, I can't remember which one's older, um, but you know, I am very much looking forward to the day where hopefully I can go watch a good Rangers team play a good Red Sox team and have a quality game. You know, maybe I might get something as special as the Benji Molina cycle that happened up there. Um, but really, I don't think any other Rangers moment, unless they like, I don't know, have some amazing game to like go to the World Series in an ALCS against Boston. I don't think any moment for me in Fenway will be as special as the Benji Molina cycle. 
Yeah, that was, you brought me back with that one. Cause I like, I just, <laughs> and I love, I don't care what team you're on. I don't care who's, who hits it. I love the cycle. It's so exciting. And I love, you know, when people start getting excited about it, like, oh, cycle watch and just the atmosphere, even in the park, you can hear it. Even if you're not at the park, it's so much fun. I love more cycles in baseball. I don't know how, but more cycles in baseball, please. I mean, that's, I think that's like Fenway is the literally the only place that Benji Molina at that time could have hit a triple. I mean, that was one of the slowest professional baseball players I've ever seen. Um, but but one more one more crossover reference before we go. Um, Adrian Beltre was uh, inducted to the Rangers Hall of Fame this past weekend, and you know he was only a Red Sox for for one year. But I'm wondering what your memories and and your appreciation for Adrian Beltre are. I absolutely loved him. He was fun. He brought a lot of energy, and even just like these weird quirks, like he hated his head being touched, and just the way he'd like run away, or if somebody was able to like touch him, and he would just be like, "What the heck was that?" It's just like that kind of like personality, and like I said, even though it's something you like, it showed so much personality in the person. Um, getting down on one knee and those monster swings, and just obviously his defense too. Like he was just an all-around really solid player. I I wish the Red Sox kept him around, but I am glad he went back to the Rangers at the end of the day, and that's where he's going to be, you know, enshrined forever, and he deserves that. But nothing but good memories here for in Boston of Adrian Beltre. Like I said I I certainly loved watching him. I know that a lot of the Red Sox fans did too. Um, and the Red Sox should have kept him. I'm gonna I'll die on that hill. I'll yeah. Yeah, they they absolutely should have. The yeah. wildest thing about that offseason is that uh, Adrian Beltre was the Rangers' second choice of Big Fish. The only reason they went and got him is because they lost the Cliff Lee negotiations for him going to Philadelphia. And so they're like, all right, I guess we'll go get Adrian Beltre. And turns out he's one of the greatest players in franchise history and definitely, I think, the most beloved um by Rangers fans and being there for all those great moments and absolutely should have had a world series ring. That's the only knock on his career. Not that there should be any knocks on his amazing career, but yeah, I'm glad to know that every single place Adrian Beltre goes is a place that Adrian Beltre is beloved by fans. Yes. I don't think there's one unlikable thing about him other than he didn't stay with the Red Sox to no fault of his own, like whatever. So (laughs) no knock on his career at all. But if it's one thing, I wish he stayed with Boston. Yeah, well, I'm very glad for my own selfish reasons that he didn't. Um, but this has been an absolute pleasure. Looking forward to this weekend. Um, where can Rangers fans find you and and your podcast? Yeah, you can find the Locked On Red Sox Twitter. It's L O underscore Red Sox. If anyone wants to follow me, it's La 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 Lauren. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. Um, and yep, that is my. It's been my Twitter handle for like 15 years. It's been like my AIM screen name. I'm like dating myself over, but. <laughs> Um, so I just never changed it and I probably never will. So you can find me on Twitter there. Um, and yeah, the, the Lockdown Red Sox podcast comes out Monday through Friday. We've had some off days this week, so we're all like all over the place. Jason and I are, you know, going nuts, but it's all right. So find us there, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you know, the drill. Mm-hmm. They definitely know the drill. And for any, any Red Sox fans who uh, listen to this and want to hear, you know, find follow a person who covers a very bad baseball team uh just at bryce patrick bryce with an i patrick with no c all that jazz um but man this has been an absolute delight hopefully we can do this again sometime soon um best of luck to you and i hope we we both and will be enjoying a red sox sweep of the series yes absolutely 
What a fun conversation. Make sure you check out Locked on Rangers. The Rangers are struggling this season, but Locked on Rangers is not. So a big shout out to Bryce over at Locked on Rangers. He's doing great work. And despite a tough season, he's still doing great work over there. So really appreciate the time and being able to catch up and chat. Before I get into my unpopular opinion and positive takeaway, I just want to tell you that we are also supported by Bet Online. And yes, it's that time of the year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. I don't know about you, but I'm a big fantasy football player. I love being able to go to Bet Online and see the best prop bets, see the best Super Bowl champion odds everything and anything as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season get all the updated odds props and contests including the half million dollar nfl mega contest and the two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest open now at bet online that will not be good for me i've done survivor pools before and i am no good at them but you can head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Not bad. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing, do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back, and this is our favorite way to end the show. I don't know why I keep saying our. I am by myself today, but that's just because I'm so used to hosting with Jason. So for my unpopular opinion, I don't think the Red Sox are going to sweep the Rangers, and I don't know if that's so unpopular. I do think they're going to take two out of three. I think they'll take the first two, and then I feel like, I don't know why I think Sunday. Like I said, I know that there's rain in the forecast, but I don't think they're losing with Chris Sale on the mound, and I think this is a good game for Erod too, to really kind of take control and command that strike zone, get another win, and keep the Red Sox on track. Not that I think Nate Ovaldi is going to have a rough outing. I just think it's going to be the offense. We saw the offense struggle so much against the Yankees. I hope I'm wrong, because a team like the Rangers is a perfect time and perfect opportunity for the Red Sox to sweep and get back on track and start building momentum into a new week. And what better way to start it against a bad Rangers team, right? The stars are aligned, but hopefully it happens. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong with this. And my positive takeaway is that Red Sox fans will be able to see Brock Holt this weekend. Brock Holt was a beloved member of the Red Sox for a long time. He, he pitched for the Rangers this season and didn't do too bad. Something the Red Sox could use, right? But it will always be good to see Brock Holt. He was very involved with the Jimmy Fund, him and his wife, and always just very involved in a Boston community. So he was a fan favorite. Fans certainly still miss him. Keep up with him on Instagram and social media. So it certainly will be good to see him. I'm sure there will be lots of hugs and laughs pre-game, hopefully post-game too. Hopefully the Red Sox are smiling post-game. But it will be good to see Brock Holt. It's always good to see somebody who always brought good energy and was really good for the team and good to be around. So I'm excited to see Brock Holt this weekend. So that's going to do it for this episode today we really hope you enjoyed the crossover and our segment with locked on rangers bryce patterick you can find me over on twitter at la 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 lauren three laws lauren with four r's and the locked on red sox twitter account at lo underscore red sox you can also find jason on twitter at j mastro donato and all of his work is in the boston herald 
And of course, you can read all of my work on Nesson.com. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what we can do better. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to check out Locked On Rangers, Locked On Yankees, Locked On MLB. We have a ton of great MLB content across the Locked On Network. Do not forget to check out any of those. And in case you forgot, betting on MLB, the Rangers, Red Sox, whoever, whatever, doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Have an amazing weekend. We'll see you Monday.